thank you for joining us for Bible study one more time. As you well know, we have been studying the entire book of the Bible. We started out in Genesis, and believe it or not, we are now up to the book of 2 Thessalonians. We are very close to finishing the whole Bible. First, I want to thank you for hanging out with me every Wednesday, just studying the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God is profitable. So I'm glad that you have chosen to study the Bible with me. The last time we talked about the first book of Thessalonians, today we're going to deal with the second book of Thessalonians. If you recall, ladies and gentlemen, Thessalonica was a commercial city where Paul, Apostle Paul, built a new church. But if you recall, I told you that as soon as the church was, was built, the people in that community ran the pastor out of town. <laughs> It was so funny. So Paul really couldn't do much in that church. So he left town, and then he was just getting a report of what's going on. So he wrote the first book of Thessalonians, and just to encourage the people just to build their faith. Well, you might be asking, so why do we need a second book of Thessalonians? I'm glad you asked. What happened, ladies and gentlemen, is that the church at Thessalonica, they bring more reports to Paul, you know, an update, what's going on, what's the latest, and, and that kind of thing. And sure enough, the report that came to Paul was that things are getting worse. You know, in the first book of Thessalonica, he talked to them about God is going to come through. He talks to them about the second coming of the Lord. And so people, people were encouraged. But since that first book, things have not gotten better. In fact, to be honest with you, things actually got worse. So now they are writing to him, say, okay, now, what's the story now? We were trying to hang in there. We were trying to keep hope alive. We were waiting for the second coming of the Lord. And things did not improve. In fact, things has gotten worse. The attack, the persecution, the intimidation, all of that was going on. The non-Christians... They just don't want no church in their community. So that was the kind of situation that Apostle Paul found himself. So he's writing this second letter again to deal with some of the issues before him. To add more to the problem, there were some false teachers that were telling the people, yes, you are waiting for the second coming of Christ. But guess what? Jesus had come. You missed it. 
whoa. Can you imagine folks that have been suffering? They've been hanging in there and only to be told that Jesus had in fact come and they missed it. So they were lying and they were using the name of the pastor to get across all those false images or false information. So Apostle Paul had to deal with some of that also. So that's what the, the, the book of Second Thessalonians is really based on. The first thing Paul tried to tell the people is, look, folks, all what they're telling you is not from me. It's not true. Jesus has not come. He said, and you have not been left behind. So all the worries that, oh, my God, he came. He's gone, and we're stuck. No, he said, that is far from the truth. You know, it's sad, but there are so many false teachers out there, even today. I remember a few years ago when we were going to have a, I think it's two, two 1K or 2K, I forgot what it is. And the computer was going to switch over. They, they, there are all kinds of false teachers the end will come, the old earth will evaporate, and all the computers will freeze. Man, I must admit, I was kind of scared myself. <laughs> I said, oh, no, what's going on? But you know what? It turned out to be complete lies. So Paul is trying to tell the church at Thessalonica. He said, when Jesus comes, it will be obvious to everybody. You don't need to have to wait on somebody to tell you. The whole world will see him. He's also encouraging them to know when Jesus will come, it's going to be public. It's not going to be a private thing. It's not going to be a hidden thing. It's not going to be only the preachers knew about it. No. Everybody, the whole world will see. The Bible talks about the trumpet will sound and Jesus Christ will descend from heaven with his archangel and the archangel will shout and he said then the dead in Christ will rise and those of us who remain who are still alive that time we will be caught up to meet him in the air that's where the idea of rapture taking place. You know, my question to you and me this evening, are you ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? I know you're busy. I know you got it going on. I know you have your house. You have your car. You have your puppy dog named Chihuahua. <laughs> Only God knows what else you, you got going on. But the question is, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Please, if you're not, take this moment. Invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. Make him your Savior. Make him your Lord. Believe me when I tell you, none of what you got, none of what I got, 
not our degrees, not our houses and land, not, our, not even our title, not even any success in this world does not match the coming of the Lord. So in times like this, with all the crazy stuff going on, tsunamis in Japan, earthquake in Haiti, I mean, all kinds of fire burning, COVID-19, I mean, variants. Now, I don't even, I can't even keep up with the variants. I thought we had Indian variants. Now they say there's another variant. So it's hard to keep up with all the craziness going on. But one thing you can be sure of, Jesus is coming back again. Will you be ready? Think about it. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Have you invited him to be your Lord and your Savior? The Bible says, what shall it profit a man? What shall it profit a woman? If you and I gain this whole world and we lose our soul, we are the most miserable people. So one decision you can make today, my friend, is to invite Jesus to come into your heart. Can we do that right now? It's very simple. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I've made some mistakes. I've messed up every now and then. I realize I need help. I'm inviting you to come into my heart. I want you to forgive me. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart, and I'm confessing this with my mouth. Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Be my Lord, be my Savior. And right now, I believe I am saved. Guess what? This is the best day of your life. I am so happy for you. I wish I, you could feel me on the inside. I just want to be shouting right now and dancing because I know the significance of the decision you've just made. Well, you might probably be saying, well, Pastor, what about me? I've been saved before. Does this book have anything to say about me? Yes. Remember what I told you, the reports that came to Apostle Paul, the pastor? It was that things were not getting better since we're getting worse. And I want to minister to somebody who may be going through something right now. You know, we're, we're no different than the church in Thessalonica. Have you ever been in a situation where you had some problem and you prayed about it and you believed that God would take care of it, but instead of things going away, actually getting worse. 
that's what this book is all about. Maybe you're listening to me today and you believe in God, that God will heal your relationship. It may be a relationship with your children. It may be a relationship with your employer. It may be a relationship with your church. Maybe you're a pastor and you're struggling with your church. It may be a relationship in your marriage. It may even be a business relationship. And here you are, you're doing everything to make things work, but somehow the devil raises ugly head. And you prayed about it. You know, somebody said, turn it over to Jesus. He can work it out. And you did just that. And now, weeks later, months, even for some people, it's years. You look around and you see that problem still persists. What are we going to do when we find ourselves in that kind of situation? What do we do when we are sick with a sickness that does not respond to medication? Been there. Done that. What do you do when you have a disease that the doctor said there is no cure for this, we can only manage it. Some of you even have loved ones right now. They say, okay, we, the only thing we can do is just give you some pain medication and send you home to go die. Sometimes they'll send hospice to, to, to come with our loved one. So we find even the hospitals are giving up. Even the doctors are giving up. The, the, the church giving up. The hospital giving up. Even the government, they will tell you they don't know what to do. So what do you do when you are facing a problem that will not go away? What do you do when you are investing in a relationship and there's still no progress? What do you do when you raise a child? You infested all your life. You carry the baby nine months. You win the baby another three years. You were there all of his life, the life of that baby. In school, out of school, you were there for your child. And now the same child is turning against you. What do you do when the love of your life is going with somebody else. I can go on and on. It boils down to having a problem that won't go away. For the church at Thessalonica, it was persecution. It was ridicule. It was attack from outside. That church was just under attack over and over again. It was like, can you imagine you build a church and somebody burn it down? And then you, you say, okay, let's rebuild again. You encourage everybody. And the same devil come back and create some other mess. I've seen people, good Christians, you fix one problem, you run into another one. You fix the next one, another one raises ugly head. 
What do you do in that situation? That's the focus of this book. Apostle Paul made some recommendations. The first thing he says is that, look, you need to know that there is hope for you as a child of God. Don't be confused by what is going on. Don't lose heart because of all the disappointment. Trouble don't last always. Are you listening to me? I wish I can pour my heart out to you. See, I've had some situation in my own life where I had to wait on the Lord. I prayed about it. I even fasted about it. And nothing seemed to be improving. Guess what I had to do? Exactly what Paul is recommending here. He said, remember your hope in Christ. We as children of God, we have hope. Even when our loved one die, we still have hope. Even when you apply for a job and you get turned down over and over and over again, there is still hope for you, my brother. There is still hope for you, my sister. Even when you, you purpose your heart to marry a Christian man or a Christian woman and nobody seems to be coming, guess what? There is still hope. The last chapter of your life has not been written yet. God is still on the throne. Are you listening to me? So guess what Paul is telling the people? Hang in there. Don't lose your hope. Don't give up too soon. The game is not over. You know somebody, I, I, you, you know I like football. Mm -hmm. I can't hear you. I, I deal with other sports too. I don't mind basketball. You know, Keisha just told me she played basketball. I don't believe. <laughs> you know, I just met her, met her brother. Now, I think that brother can play. He's like six feet, five inches tall. He walked in like a giant. Have the look up. I said, oh, God. See, some people are just built for good sport. But you know, when I be watching my team, you know my team. I mean, we, we, we come, you know, the Dallas Cowboy. Hey, don't be hating that. Is it? That's just my team. <laughs> but sometimes we can be in a very close game. Sometimes the clock is running out. But you know what? Everybody may be freaking out, but I'm still cool. I'm calm because. I have hope. I believe in God that my quarterback will throw some Hail Mary full of grace <laughs> and we're going to win. The same thing Christian life. You got to keep your hope. We have hope in Christ Jesus. We have hope that when it's all over, we are on the winning side. So Paul is encouraging the church. Don't let your situation, don't let your circumstance, don't let your present condition fool you. That's only temporary. 
You ever heard the psalmist says, Yea, though I walk through. Did you hear what I said? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know why? Because God is with me. I believe with all my heart. I don't know why you're watching this evening, but I believe God has given you a divine appointment to hear this. What you're going through right now, it's only temporary. God is going to see you through. God is going to vindicate you. God is going to fix that situation. And when it's all over, you'll be able to look back and see that your God brought you out. Open your mouth, shout amen on that. <laughs> you know what is so amazing? Paul is saying, no, I am not talking theories here. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, you all know my story. I came here, I wasn't lazy, I'm a tent maker. I work hard to make a living. And other than that, I'm preaching the gospel. Guess what happened to me? They tried to stone me. They tried to beat me to death. I was snake beaten. I was shipwrecked. He said, I've been through a lot myself. So he's saying to the people, did you see me give up? So he said, just like I won't give up in the face of persecution, just like I would not give up in the face of trial, just like I hang in there, I hold to God's unchanging hand. He said, I need you. I want you to do the same thing. Then he took it a little further. He said, have you heard about Jesus Christ? He said, didn't Jesus suffer? Yes, he did. They spit upon him. They rip off his beards. They beat him beyond recognition. They hang him on the cross. They stretch him wide. They treat him so bad that if you look at him on that cross, it's hard to recognize him. But he never said a mumbling word. There's a lesson there. You might say, okay, why do we have to suffer as a Christian? Apostle Paul said in the book of Thessalonians, he said, there is lessons to be learned even in your suffering. Can I be real with you? I found that to be true. Some of the best lessons of life that I have learned is through my suffering. Do you know it, it is during suffering that you develop your faith? Do you realize it is through, during your suffering that you develop your real relationship with God? A friend of mine used to be my boss, actually, Andrew Crouch. He said, you know, I thank God 
for all of my month. He said, I thank God for all of my battles. He said, I'm actually grateful for every storm God has brought me through. Wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. Brother Crowd, why will you be thanking God for your trouble? Why will you be thanking God for your pain? Why will you be thanking God for every storm he brought you through? He said, I'm glad you asked. He said, check this out. If I never had a problem, I would never know I serve a God who can solve my problem. I would never know what faith in God could do. So he concluded his own song. He said, through it all, I have learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in God. I've learned in my pain, in my hurt, in my trials, in my tribulation, I've learned to depend upon his word. You know what I'm trying to tell you, my brother, my sister? You may think you're going through, and I don't want to underestimate the pain. I don't want to underestimate the challenge, the frustration, the disappointment, the struggle. But I still by to tell you, when it's all over, it will make you strong. When it's all over, what you're experiencing right now, you will look back, it will give you a testimony that you can tell the whole world, your God brought you out. And I just wanted to come today just to encourage anybody that is going through. I believe with all my heart. The essence of the book of 2 Thessalonians is to encourage somebody that is going through some difficult time to hang in there. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your God. Don't give up on your loved ones, your children, your spouse, even church folks, never, never give up. Never, never surrender. God, who started the good work in you, is able to finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's my prayer for you. Hang in there. Help is on the way. God bless you. If you need prayer this evening, there's a number under the screen. Why don't you dial that number? And there's a preacher, there's a, there are ministers of the gospel on the other side of that number. They will pray with you, they will love on you, they will agree with you. Consider dialing that number. Let's agree together. Let's believe God that this storm will soon be over. God bless you until we meet again. Amen.